This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Christmas like tomorrow's December I have no Christmas anything going on I can't believe it's December how are y'all doing how's everyone doing I wanted to talk about a couple of things we're gonna do some housework housework because I need to do some housework we're gonna do some housekeeping and we'll get into the two episodes breaking bread and truth be told uh I have to first say you know the family Chantel is quickly becoming one of my favorite 90-day spinoffs. These episodes are getting better and better, and I just feel like season three is on point. Uh, so, housekeeping. Uh, wherever you're watching, you hit that thumbs up. That'd be great. Very helpful. Uh, support the show, bottom of the screen. You'll see it scrolling where you can support this show so that we can continue to, to do these shows for you. Uh, shout out to all my Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you guys so much. Without you, um, you know, this wouldn't be a thing. And I am proud to bring you all the news and gossip, all the cast interviews, all the things. So I appreciate you guys. You know who you are. Um, the daughters over there at Anchor FM, I appreciate you as well. Uh, Geek Girl and the Amandas. I like saying that, the Amandas. Uh, Jalisa, Dr. Jalisa, I miss you. I hope you're at our holiday party. Um, Angela, C. Cruz, Raydellas, uh, Crystals, all those people. Love you guys so much. Um, <clears throat> can I ask you guys a question? Totally has nothing to do with family, Chantel. Has anyone had, I'm going to show you guys. Oh, wait, I don't know if I can show you. I'm going to try to show you. I have these like rough elbows all of a sudden, and I keep putting shea butter on them, but they're like all rough, and it's so weird, and it's just my elbows. Anyone ever have that problem? If so, tell me how to fix it, because it's weird. It's like, it feels like an alligator or a crocodile, just on my elbow. It's weird, right? Anyhow, let's get into Breaking Bad. So we're two episodes, we're doing two episodes today, all in one. Uh, Pedro's packing for the Dominican Republic. He's messing around with Chantel, which I think is hilarious. He's got this jock strap and he's telling her it's a face mask because, you know, the pandemic. And he like puts it on her face, starts laughing. Um, and I thought it was hilarious. Like, 
clearly. Olive oil or coconut oil? Yeah, shea butter. So I'm going to mix shea butter and olive oil. I think that will work, Christine. Thank you for that. Um, so Pedro is really on this mission about finding out about his family and his history and his family dynamics, right? So he wants to meet his brothers. He's really worried that they won't want to meet him. They want to, won't have want to have anything to do with him. They'll consider him the bastard child. Um, and he's concerned because, you know, all these years, he's in his late 20s. They never looked for him. And he's like, I don't know them. They don't know me. And we've never been a family and no one's ever cared. But I have a feeling, you guys, that the brothers don't know he exists because the father never claimed him nor Nicole, he probably didn't say, you know, I have this child over here and this child over here. And as I th think about it, maybe there are others, maybe there are other side chicks that he had kids with, because clearly that is the thing that he did, right? So can you imagine if Pedro actually has like half brother and sisters elsewhere besides the, the three that he knows about? It's kind of crazy and it's kind of sad and, and, I have to tell you, I was all in my feelings, especially in this latest episode, which we'll talk about as well. And he's like, you know, I don't know them. They don't know me. Hey, Patty. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Angelica. Um, hey, Faith. I, I just, I feel sad for him. And so Chantel's like, you know, are you nervous to meet your dad? And he's like, yeah, I am because I don't know him and he's never been there for me. And he's never really even looked for me now that I'm an adult. And then she also asked, you know, does Nicole want to find him too? And Pedro's like, oh, Nicole's emotional right now. She doesn't know. And he thinks she's emotional over uh, Alejandro. But, like, she's emotional right now. Does that mean she can't think, Pedro? Does it? Um, and so Chantel also asked, you know, will, do you think your dad's going to acknowledge that you're his son? And that you could tell really like hit his heart. Like he, he doesn't know if that's going to be the case. Um, and he doesn't even know if Nicole wants to join him and do that because Nicole and him have their own problems, right? They're fighting as it is, but he wants them to unite as a family, find out about their family history, find out about why the dad's never been there for him. Hey Stevie, find out why the dad's never been there for, for them. And this whole situation. Now, I want to say I told you so, you guys, but I'm not going to say I told you so, but I knew Lydia knew what the situation was. I knew she knew she was a side chick. She just didn't want to talk about it because she's embarrassed about it. And I find her whole demeanor about this really unfortunate. And I find it unfortunate, you guys, because there's trauma there. Those kids have trauma. And we'll talk about that as well. And she doesn't want to acknowledge it. She wants to brush it under under the rug and act like it's not a big deal. Your children are telling you that it's a big deal. And for three seasons, we've only seen Pedro stick up for you almost to the detriment of his own relationship and own marriage. And you won't acknowledge his feelings and you won't acknowledge his questions. And you won't say, hey, you know what? This is something that, yeah, let's sit down and talk about as a family so that you can understand your dynamics. Because I got to tell you that this is com this is common in a lot of cultures. This is not unfamiliar territory. There are people that don't know their parents or one of their parents and they want to know and I think that it's okay to to ask the questions and I don't ever think that that should be considered a bad thing.
Do you know what I mean? I feel like Lydia needs to put her pride aside and the fact that she was hoeing it around and making decisions on, you know, material things and what she wanted, what she wanted to do. And she wanted her Insta family and she got it. Hey, Crystal. Hey, she got it. And I don't think that it's, it's okay for her to then now not want to be judged on the decisions that she made. Now, granted, that being said, I get that. You know, when you're an adult and you realize that when you were a kid, you were growing up, but you're also seeing your parents grow up, especially if they were young when they had you. So there's that part too, right? So I think that Lydia as an older lady now is thinking about some of the decisions that she made, but it still doesn't make it okay for her to act like her children's feelings are not important and that the decisions that she made were like no big deal. Anyways, on that note, let's move on to um, River. So River, we meet his friend Kenny and uh, Kenny's been in this long-term relationship and River wants some um, advice from his friend because his friend's been in this relationship. Hey, Michelle. Hey, girl. Hey. For like many years, right? And River's like, you know what? All I want to do right now in my life is run towards happiness this year. And he says that Megan makes him happy. And Megan is making him change some of his lifestyle choices. So he's eating healthy. He says he's eating pears, which I thought was such a random thing to say. I'm eating pears now. And grilled chicken and brown rice. I'm like, pears, grilled chicken and brown rice. Okay. I mean, all of those things separately sound healthy. Um, and Kenny, his friend's like, you know, I've never seen you this happy. I've never seen you talk about a girl like this. And and River just wants to be in a relationship that's healthy and happy and brings him happiness. And I think that he deserves that. And I think that that's a great thing. And so he wants Megan to be part of his family. He wants Megan to be able to do some of the things that Kenny and his girlfriend do, where like the the girlfriend and the mom get their nails done, the spa day and the dinners and all the stuff. And I was like, River, do you know your family? Because I know you know your family because we know your family. And I, I mean, I don't know if those are going to be things that happen, but you know, let's run towards the happiness. Um, and so he asked Kenny, you know, anytime that you were in a relationship, did it ever affect your relationship with your family? Because as we know, with all the relationships with the kids, with Pedro and Chantel, now Winter and Jaw, and um, Royal and Anjanette, there's always been something and it's always affected the relationship with the family. So he wanted to know if, you know, that was a thing. And Kenny was like, yeah, no, that doesn't really happen in my family. And I'm like, River, you know your family. You know exact, and you're the youngest. So you've seen it over and over and over again. You have to have learned from the lessons of your older siblings. So you should really know how to maneuver this family. And I think that he does, you guys. I think that he's maneuvering it quite well. He knows just enough to give them and just enough to hold back. And I think that he's going to be just fine. So he says, he tells his friend that um, her friends gave him a hard time and he wants it to go smoother when 
he introduces her to his family. Now, I already told you guys how I felt about her friends. First of all, I think her friends are way older than 28, 29, in my opinion. And I feel like they bombarded him with questions that were none of their damn business. I didn't like the fact that they were touching his face and touching his hair and all the things. I personally think that the one friend, I think her name was Becky or whatever, was into him because she was the one that was like, oh, remember she said that she likes cake but not icing, that one. And the one that was like all over him, I think that she had a little like, hey, if Megan doesn't work out, you know, I'm here. That vibe. That's the vibe she gave me, at least. So um, he is looking forward to introducing the first girl. And you guys have to remember that he's never brought a girl home ever for the family to meet. So this is kind of a big deal. Um, <clears throat> so... He thinks, you know, it's his turn to face the music and he's ready and prepared to do that. And then we go over to the DR and Nicole and Petter are in a bad place, but he wants to make everything better for the sake of his family. And so she picks him up from the airport. He's like, oh my God, my sister looks totally different. I don't even recognize her. She used to have braces. Now she has no braces. She used to not have boobs. Now she has boobs. And ever since she's been with Alejandro, she's changed a lot. And not only physically, but her, like her mindset has changed and the way she speaks has changed. And I hardly recognize her. And I was like, well, she's young. So she's developing who she is. That cannot necessarily be a bad thing, right? She's she's finding out who she is and she's trying to come into her own. And I think that we all go through that to some degree, right? Especially when we're quite young, we, we're like, try to figure it out. We change, like, you guys, can I just tell you something? So on my personal page, and if you guys aren't following me there, let me put this up. So on my personal page on Instagram, um, I cover celebrity interviews and I like post some random stuff. So Megan Thee Stallion has bangs now. Okay. Hey, C. Cruz, she has bangs and they look fire. And I was like, oh, I think I want bangs now. Do you know how many people hit me up and just was like, no, that's a bad idea. You're going to regret it. Woo, woo, woo. And I tell you guys all this because I'm telling you, like, Nicole's, like, trying new styles, right? And she's, like, trying makeup. So she's, like, coming to her own. You know, I'm obviously not 20, but, like, I want bangs. <laughs> These Megan Thee Stallion bangs, if you haven't seen them, they're fire, you guys. They're, like, they're like right here. And everyone is, like, naysaying it. They're, like, you're going to regret it. You're going to hate it. But I think it might be a good look. I digress. So, uh, Pedro and Nicole are coming back from the airport. He thinks that he can hardly recognize her. Um, and Nicole is feeling a little like angst towards him. And it's like, oh, did you come here so that you and mommy can gossip about me and Alejandro? And, you know, you guys are keep pretending that Alejandro is the worst person ever but he's not and I've never known him to be violent you're the one that completely started this fight and you know you're the one that fights all the time and then she references the fight that he did have though Pedro did have a physical fight with River back in season one if you guys remember that so I don't know who's necessarily the instigator but we haven't seen it from Alejandro we have seen it from Pedro a couple of times so 
Um, C. Cruz says, I've had bangs since I was 14. I've never changed my hairstyle since then. And Dasha says, try it. I think you looked cute. See, you guys, you, I have two people on my side versus like the thousands that said no. Um, so Pedro's just really pissed off that this is what they're pissed off about, which I still don't really understand to this day. So Pedro and, and Lydia are pissed off that Nicole went to New York and then got stuck in New York in the, the height of the pandemic and could not travel and therefore left Lydia on her own. And I keep saying Lydia's a grown ass woman. Nicole's not a child anymore. She's a woman of in and of herself. So she should be able to do what she wants to do as a young woman. And I think Lydia should be able to stand on her own two feet. And I've said this before and I said again, they want her and her meaning Nicole to always just be at Lydia's beck and call, which is not her position and it's not her job. Yes, that's your mom and you're going to take care of your mom, but you also have to live your own life. And I said this before too, where, you know, Previously, Pedro had the idea that he's going to bring his entire family, meaning Nicole and Lydia, to America, and that they're going to live in the basement with Chantel and himself. And I was like, well, at some point, Nicole is going to want to have her own life, her own family, and that should be okay. Like, you guys are not considering that. And Nicole even says that, like, they treat her like she's still a little girl, and she's not. Hey, Vanessa, hey. (sighs) Vanessa says, uh, they have bang clippings. You can try it. See how you like it before you cut. Facts. Someone actually sent me a video that you can put your hair in a ponytail, and I'm going to try that whole th- I'm going to try it, and I'll show you guys, and you guys can tell me what you think. Um, so, um, Pedro really thinks that Alejandro is the reason why their family is having all these problems right now, and Nicole is just, like, tired of it. She's tired of Pedro. She's tired of Lydia. Um, she's like, I'm not asking for their opinions. I'm not a little girl anymore. I don't need you guys to tell me how to live my life. Um, (laughs) then they're all sitting in the living room. Now here's where I know, like, Pedro's a little bit of an exaggerator. You know, he can tell a great story and I think it's hilarious. So he is sitting there and he's yelling at, at Nicole and telling Lydia, all the things that happened in New York with Alejandro, the fight that they had, the gift that he gave and all the things. And then he said, he turns to his mom and says that Alejandro called her a bitch, a damn dirty bitch in front of me. I was like, I watched that episode. He did not say that. He did not say that you were a damn dirty bitch. Although that's really funny of you to say and like come up with. He he said that they were basically trash, right? But he didn't say that she was a damn dirty bitch. <laughs> and Nicole's like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either too, Pedro. I think you kind of like lost some translation somewhere there, which I think is hilarious. And then Nicole just says, you know, you just feel ill will towards him and He's like, no, he's just not a good guy. He's got a wife. He's got a girlfriend. He's flirting with other women. Like, how do you want to be with someone who who doesn't even respect you like that? Which, if you guys think about, is playing into everything that is developing right now in the storyline, right? So Pedro clearly has some values that he believes in. And he thinks that, you know, 
cheating and extramarital and all those things are wrong. And he's trying to explain that to Lydia and to Nicole that it's not okay. Meanwhile, he still has yet, because we're not on the episode yet, he still doesn't realize or hasn't come to terms with the fact that his whole family is from a line of people that have been unfaithful or have been with people that have been unfaithful. So it's something that's very hard for him to, to deal with for real, for real. Um, so he goes on to say, you know, if Alejandro is a cheater once and he does it once, he'll do it again and again. And why would you be giving him another chance? Um, are you blind? Are you stupid? He says all of these things to Nicole. And he says to camera, you know, I just want my help get my family back on track, which again plays into this whole storyline because he wants everything to be good with his sister and his mom. He wants to find out about his dad and why his dad abandoned him. He wants to find out about the cousins and the brothers and all of that stuff. And meanwhile, he just got on a, in a good place with his in-laws and his wife. Right. So he's just trying to find a happy place in the dynamics of all of his family relationships. And I think that at some point we kind of all go through that a little bit, you know? Um, <laughs> Patty. Patty says, yes, Pedro's probably retelling the roundhouse kick that flattened Alejandro's iguana. That's hilarious. And Crystal says, when he says, where did I come from? Man, that broke my heart a bit. Please stay the same, Pedro. And Alejandro, and Ale, why I keep saying Alejandro. Angelica says, the version of that fight keeps on changing every time Pedro retells it. Facts. Facts, 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 facts. So, um... Nicole gets really upset and Nicole's like, you know, you practically have a failed marriage and Lydia had a relationship uh, with our dad that you can't even call a relationship. So neither of them are an example of anything and neither of them should be giving me any type of advice. And, you know, you guys, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Right. Pedro has become a great husband. Right. But he went through some things with with the family Chantel. And we're now learning a lot more about Lydia. So, like, I'm kind of in agreement with, with Nicole where you got to let her learn her own lessons and live her own life and make her own decisions because everyone else around her has done that. So why should she not be able? Now, I understand trying to protect her because you love her and that's your family. But you protecting someone is different than controlling them. They're very separate things. So now we're over at uh, <laughs> Winter and Jaws House. Okay. Now I think, okay, wait. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I think I took a picture I might not have, but I'm, let me check real quick. So, anyways, this was one of my favorite scenes ever like of this show it was so funny to me 
And I just absolutely love Mama Karen. Oh, I did take a picture. See how organized I am sometimes? Okay, so let me um, get this up real quick. Okay, so let me keep that up there for a minute. So Jaw and Winter are going to celebrate the Sabbath, and they've invited over the family Chantel. And I still am not very clear about, I think it's called Nazarene and how, what he exactly practices and what his beliefs are. But we do know that he, every Friday to Saturday, they celebrate from sundown to sundown the Sabbath. Um, every And so every week. And so they invite the family Chanteau over because they're going to also announce their engagement um, I thought it was funny because when they were sitting to the uh, on the couch and which is like, I don't know, like how we're going to do it, like not sure what we should say or how we do it. You know, what do you think, Ja? And she's like, do you want to surprise them? And Ja's like, yeah, I think they like surprises. But he did it like deadpan, knowing that he's being 100% sarcastic and knowing the fact that they don't like surprises in that family. They like to be in everyone's business and know everyone's business. So he knew exactly what he was saying. So they they start, oh, they start walking in. And here's the thing that's super funny, you guys, to me. They were walking in like they were going somewhere like camping or somewhere like on a voyage, the way they're walking in the house. Now the house was something else because I've been watching and following a lot of these container homes. Have any of you guys heard of these container homes that they're containers that they build into these beautiful homes? And I was wondering if this is one of them, like, is this a container home? Cause it kind of looks like one to me. Um, so that I just thought was a very interesting thing. So they get there and Karen, oh, Mother Karen, I love you so. Karen's wearing a white hat. She's wearing these white gloves and she's walking in like, where am I, right? And she's like, you know, I just hope that John Winter will learn from my example that just because, you know, we don't, believe this have the same religious beliefs um doesn't mean that we can't come together and i was like you know what that's absolutely i so agreeable i absolutely agree with mama karen with that like we don't have to have the same beliefs but it doesn't mean that we don't, can't be family or can't be friends and can't celebrate each other and learn from each other um and so <laughs> uh, so karen comes in now Jaw and Winter have this oh unleavened bread and this one bottle of it looked like moonshine to me, like just home it looked like homemade wine, but whatever. I you know those big bottles of wine? Like I don't know if even they make them still, but like I thought they're like $2.99 and they're big bottles. They just they're just never like top quality wine, in my opinion. I mean, whatever, wine is wine, I suppose. But that's what they were have that's what they were serving to begin with, right? Because that's part of their Sabbath. Now Karen comes in and Thomas, the gentleman that he is, he gets up and he's like, Can I take your coat? And I was like, you know, I, I get that their dynamic too. Like Thomas might not say anything, but he's like the silent 
Silent Bob, I think it is. Silent Bob. He's Silent Tom. But he pays attention. Hey, Radella, hey. He pays attention to everything that's going on. He's just one of those people, right? So he takes her coat. And, okay, let me get into character because this was my favorite part. I watched it like three times. So Karen says to camera, she, since she thought she might be going into um, an environment that she suspected was going to be filled with a lot of BS. Uh, she has created her own fashion line. And she's calling her fashion line BSR. And in the beginning, I was like, BSR, what is that? Fashion line. And then in my mind, I was, and I was going like a million miles a minute, like, what does having a fashion line have to do with anything? Why are you announcing a fashion line now? Like all of those things. And then she said the name of it, Bullshit Repellent. She wore her bullshit hat. Wait, she wore her bullshit gloves, her bullshit hat. And um, this is what she said. Okay, wait. She's like this. I wore my bullshit hat, my bullshit gloves. And I brought my bullshit repellent. I died. I died. I died. I died. My bullshit gloves, my bullshit hat, and my bullshit repellent. (laughs) And not only did she do that, when she was like, my bullshit repellent, then she was like, shh. Uh, she went on to say that it was very important that she protected herself. Little did she know that she was absolutely right because Jaw was going to come with some bullshit in the next episode. I died, y'all. I died. I, I was like, I don't know where Mama Karen comes up with these things. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you that she is hilarious. (laughs) So she tells Jaw, you know, I'm excited about learning about your Sabbath. Um, But she wasn't done yet. She's like, here, I present to you this gift to the host and the hostess and winter's like what is this and they're opening the box and it's an angel and she's like oh what's that she's like these are these are scones with clotted cream now how random is that first of all i've never heard of clotted cream and what do you put it on and Which is like, well, the bread symbolizes communion. It symbolizes the body of Christ. So it's very important for the Sabbath. And then Karen says, well, do we have to have a specific bread? Because why can't we use scones? I find them delicious. (laughs) And then you have to remember she's still wearing these white gloves. And then she does this. 
And it reminded me of Austin Powers. It's so hilarious to me. I find them delicious. So, Karen's like, once you try these scones, you'll never leave home without them. And she starts laughing because she knows that what she's saying is ridiculous, but it's hilarious. Hilarious. So, Jaw says um, it has to be unleavened bread. Um, and they're both like surprised that. Karen brought a Sabbath gift. They thought that that was kind of kind. And so then they were going to break bread. They break the unleavened bread. And I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed, that everyone got this big-ass pieces. And Thomas's piece was like this little piece. I was like, how did Thomas get the small piece of chicken? You know, like uh, Kevin, not Kevin Hart. Who's the comedian? Not Chris Tucker. Chris Rock. Chris Rock, when he has that stand-up and he talks about the big piece of chicken and the big piece of chicken always goes to the dad. Not in this family. Thomas got the littlest, littlest piece of bread that I've ever seen. And he took a little bite of the even little, little piece of bread that he had. I was like, that is not going to go anywhere, Thomas. So they give thanks for the bread and then they pour the wine and give thanks uh, for the blood of Jesus. And River's like, oh, I'm not familiar with this. And they all give him a dirty look like, where have you been? Like, what were you doing in church? And were you just not paying attention? <clears throat> and then Jaw's like, okay, well, help yourself to more wine. He serves them dinner. And Karen's like, well, help yourself to the clotted cream and scones. She was really pushing these scones and the clotted cream and I was like carrot is a hot mess and I love her for it um Jaw's still feeling a little bit of resistance from the family they're not really feeling him too much but they're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt which you can see in this episode but now that I look back it was like their raiders were up and they had a reason for their raiders to be up so I don't know mama Karen might be on to something so Chantel's talking about something and Jaw completely cuts her off. And she's like, did you just cut me off? And he, he ignored even that and said, look, you guys were engaged. And that's how they announced like they, they got engaged. And Chantel was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like what? They're all surprised. It was an awkward moment, awkward silence. And then Winter tried to throw River under the bus. She was like, well, River knew. And Karen, the daggers, went over to her son and was like, and you didn't tell me? Now, here's the thing that I thought was interesting. Chantel was more mad that Winter didn't tell her, but she told River. But we've seen through the episodes that Winter and River are the closest. And before, Chantel used to be closer to, to Royal. Right now, Royal's out of the picture, so she's trying to like be closer to Winter, but she's not. Winter and River are very close, so I wasn't surprised that she told Winter, and but I was surprised that Chantel was trying to make it about her, and not about the moment, the engagement. Like you're trying to make it so like they should feel bad that they didn't tell you. Well, there's a reason why they didn't tell you, Chantel. And so, 
Winter's like, you know, I just wanted to have a peaceful environment. I wanted to tell you guys all together. Um, and then Jaw expli- she explains that Jaw took her to an escape room. And then Chantel makes the joke, yeah, but you didn't escape, which is interesting because if you fast forward to this this latest episode, she does escape. And thank God she escapes because that whole situation is a hot mess that we'll talk about as well. Um, and then I felt like Chantel and Karen were kind of making fun of the ring a little bit. She's like, is it black? Is it purple? No, it's blue. And Chantel's like, you know, I was taken aback by this whole thing. Um, I didn't know that it was coming. and I, that doesn't even look like an engagement ring, all the things. And then they ask them if they've set a date and Winter kind of skips around that. She's like, well, you know, I guess that's what you do. You set a date when you're engaged. And Karen goes off. She's like, do not run and get married, Winter. You need to get yourself together first. You need to reach your goals. You need to attain them first. Um, it is not the right thing to do. I said what I said and I mean it. And you know, again, looking back, it's like Mama Karen was onto something because this whole thing with Jaw in the next episode is outrageous to me. And I have lots of thoughts about that. So uh, Crystal says, I like the ring. Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't my favorite crystal. I was not a fan. I'm not a fan of it, actually. But to each their own, whatever makes you happy. You know, it's a symbol of your love. So if that makes you happy, cool. So Chantel turns it around again to her and says that she's hurt that Winter didn't tell her. And I was just like, it's not about you right now. This moment is not about you. Take a deep breath. Now you know. And it is what it is. And maybe, you know, take more time to to get close to your sister so that she feels like she wants to tell you first. I don't know. Then Thomas... The man of little words had such reason. He was the voice of reason in this moment. He's like, you know, being engaged is a beautiful thing. And I'm happy for you, but you don't have to rush into anything. You don't have to rush into marriage. You can, you know, achieve your goals first and get married after. And he said it so calmly. He said it like the voice of reason. And I was like, you know what? Papa Thomas may not talk a lot, but when he talks, he's the voice of reason. Crystal says, Karen got real and put the jokes aside after finding out about the engagement. Yes, she did. She got real, real, and she has some things to say. So then we go back to uh, the Dominican Republic. um, And Pedro is telling... Nicole about the cousin Nikira, uh, how she was rubbing my face that in it, that they had a great life. They had the perfect childhood, everything that uh, they needed, they got. Unlike us, uh, the dad took them to the beach. They had Christmases. They had New Year's together. And I was like, see, again, I don't really feel that that's what she was doing when they met in New York. She was just saying, hey, like the man that you don't know is different than the man I know. And the man I know was there for us. Right. So I can't like, I'm on the fence with it. I don't think she was trying to rub it in her their face or Pedro's face. I just think that she couldn't believe that there was this whole side of the family 
that he wasn't consistent with, like he was consistent with them. So I just thought it was interesting because you can be talking to someone and they can be listening, but they're hearing it totally different. And I think that's what I got out of that moment. Like Pedro took that whole moment with his cousin and meeting in New York completely different than how she probably thought she was, what she was saying and how she was saying it to him. Um, so he's telling Nicole all this stuff and Nicole's like, you know, I'm just not interested. I don't think we should look for our dad. I don't think we should look for his family. He lived his whole life without us. He doesn't care about us. She's like, I don't even know when his birthday is. He, he's a stranger. And with strangers, I know more about strangers than I know about him. And you could see the pain on her face, you guys. And this is why I just think it's so important to have these conversations. And um, this is why I think it's so important that Lydia doesn't trivialize the trauma that these two are experienced and have experienced by not having a father figure and not knowing anything about the father and, and literally saying like, I don't know when his birthday is. If you think about, and I'm not a, a mother, but if you think about, I think about like children or I think about friends or even think about even my own history, you want to know where you're from. You want to know where you came from and you want to know about your parents. I, I think that that's his human nature. And I don't think that anyone should downplay it. And so I'm just super surprised that Lydia is not seeing like the mental health component of it and how her children are hurting and not knowing a whole side of them is probably making them feel not whole. Right. And I think it's a selfish thing personally to not allow them to have this conversation with you because you have your pride and you're like, Oh, what's well, the Dominican way? Well, it doesn't have to be the Dominican way. So <clears throat> Nicole goes on to say, you know, the last time she saw him, she was 14 or 15, and she unleashed on her dad. She told him he was a terrible father, a terrible man, and after that, he never returned to the house. He never returned to see them, and that was the end of it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You never take responsibility for your children ever. You treat your side chick like the side chick she is and have kids with them, her, and then just the kids finally say how they feel, you know, as a teenager with all that angst. And instead of sitting down and saying, hey, I'm sorry, and I wasn't there for you, and let me be there for you, you just disappear. It's terrible, you guys. It's really terrible. But Pedro wants the truth, and he is looking to find the truth immediately, if not sooner. Um, so then... Nicole says, you know, her mom, Lydia, her whole life has tried to be proper. Uh, she tried to play like she was like this ideal lawyer, lived the best life, you know, was be beyond reproach. And Nicole just thinks that life played a trick on her. And she feels like Lydia felt embarrassed. She never wanted to talk about it. And she feels like her mom deceived them all these years. And she feels like she's been lied to for 26 years, which she has been. She's been lied to because instead of having the discussion with your children, 
you just keep telling them nothing and you keep telling them it's not important and you keep telling them that their feelings are not valid. And that is not okay to do. It's not okay to do because guess what? Now you have a cycle and and we'll talk about it in the next episode. Lydia literally said it's a cycle as if it was okay. As if it was okay, like, ah, whatever, it's a big deal. It doesn't, it's not a big deal at all because it's a cycle. This is what we do as Dominicans. It doesn't have to be that way. On the one hand, you're yelling at your daughter for dating a married man, but yet it's okay for you to, to have done that. And you have no remorse and you don't want to talk about it because it is what it is and life is what it is. And whatever life hands you, hands you, you just go with it. That's not okay. It's not okay at all. So... Pedro's sad about this whole situation. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, and they're back at like bugging her about Alejandro. And she's like, oh, you know, you think Pedro's here being the savior, but he's not the savior. And they are like making fun of him, calling him the Dominican Brad Pitt. And Lydia's like, you know, Nicole, you need to value yourself. And she's like, listen, I value myself. You are in the exact same position. So you're not one to speak to me about anything. Let me live my life. And when she says that Pedro has a failed marriage, uh, so don't come for me, she says. Pedro's like, oh, you're jealous of Chantel. And I was like, whoa, where's that all coming from? I hear that a lot. A lot of people compare the two because they they look similar, but they don't. And people keep saying that Nicole is jealous of Chantel. And I don't think really that's the case. I think that she's just coming into her own, like I said at the top of the show. So Dasha says, do you think Lydia knew that he was married? Yes, she 100% knew. And she says that in the next episode, which we'll talk about. She 100% knew he was married and didn't care. So Nicole and Pedro have this huge fight. She walks out. He chases after her. um, And she's like, just leave me alone. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I just, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want to talk about it. It's not your business. And so there's that. We get back to the Atlanta and Mama Karen and Chantel (laughs) and River are on their way to meet Megan. And River's a gentleman. He opens the door for Karen. He also asks her, you know... (laughs) Have you used the restroom? Because it's going to be a little bit of a long drive. (laughs) And as they're driving, Karen's like, you know, the right woman for River is going to be honest and trusting and a listener. Oh, and did I say honest? And I laughed. And she reminds us all that it's the first girl that he's ever introduced to his family. And so she feels like this is a serious business. And then she's like having this weird conversation with Chantel. She's like, you know, I know a lot of young people and Chantel's like, but Rivers never brought over a girlfriend. He's like, but she's like, yeah, but friend girls. 
What? What, Karen? What? What does have? What does that have to do with anything? But I love you for it. But it kind of makes no sense. And so <laughs> we go to Megan. Me- Megan's like, you know, I've been honest with everything about River from the beginning, and I've told him my whole story. So I'm hoping that he's told, you know, his family my whole story. And. Karen is like, you know, there are some people that are just chocked full of nuts and they want to control people. And I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just saying people in general. And I was like, oh, you're talking about job 100%, Karen. We all know that. We all know that. And so they're driving and asking River questions. And River's like, you know, you guys are a lot and I don't want you guys to scare Megan away. I just want you guys to like embrace her and be nice to her basically. And then Chantel's like, well, you know, what, what does Megan kind of look like? Cause you have a type usually like the mixed girls or the Spanish girls or someone with like long black hair, curly hair, a round face. And you know, Megan is none of those things, but you know, they do say opposites attract, but I'm going to tell you this. She's not in it for the right reason, period, period. And, you know, I did a whole expose on her on Instagram and it made the news and I know I'm not wrong. So I said what I said and I'm not the only one that said it because the news picked it up. So there's that. Crystal says, this is the first chick he's brought around. They said the girls usually just come around like groupies, I guess. That's hilarious. Oh, absolutely, Stevie. Absolutely, she's there for the come up. She is 100% a clout ch- chaser. I said it. I'll say it again. It, uh, listen, I can already tell you how this whole situation is going to pan out. But I don't want to burst y'all bubble. But I will say I told you so when what I predict is going to happen does happen. All right. So we're on to Truth Be Told. Uh, Megan shows up at the restaurant. Um, Now, here's the thing. I have been waiting for, what, eight episodes for Mama Karen to confront Megan. And I, I don't know if you guys were, but I was completely shocked how chill they were with her and how uninterested they were. And no question, that didn't even see, Mama Karen always has all the questions. She's all up in there. And then she has her cheerleader, um, Karen Jr., AKA Chantel, who eggs her on. And the two of them were so chill. I was shocked. I thought this was going to be an explosive moment. And it wasn't. So all they asked was how long they've been dating. And Megan's like, oh, you know, a couple of months. And then Karen gives this like little story about how River used to be a rascal. And Chantel follows up with that. And then that's it. Then Megan mentions something about a kid. And Chantel's like, oh, you never told me Megan was a mother. And River's face was like, oh. And Megan was caught off guard that, you know, the family didn't know much about her. And 
Chantel goes into this whole, you know, being in a child's life is really important. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not really a good idea to in, like uh, introduce your significant other, you know, if it hasn't been at least a year. And Megan's like, oh, you know, I'm not into time frames. I kind of go with the flow. And whenever it feels right, then that's what I'm going to do. And then they're like, is it serious? Like, are you too serious? And Megan's like, you know, we're taking our time. We're both in different places. Uh, we don't want to dictate what it is. And we don't want anyone else to dictate what we are based on, you know, what you guys say. We're just kind of going with the flow, which is absolutely not the vibe that, that, that River has. River is all in. River thinks that that's his woman. River thinks that they're going to be together for a very long time. And like, he's in it to win it. And she's meanwhile like, ah, whatever. We're going to go with the flow and see what happens. We're both, when someone says we're both in different places, how can that possibly ever work out? You, you clearly are in different places. Okay. Clearly in different places. Um, Crystal says, Karen and Chantel didn't go hard on Megan because I think they could tell it wasn't going to go the last. Uh, I, and Raydella says, they have time to go after Megan. I know, but I just thought they were going to do it. Like, think about um, Anjanette. Think about Pedro. Like, they weren't messing around. They went in hard immediately. This was more like, ah, we're not really interested. Like as soon as she they looked at her and she sat down, it was it was almost a wrap. And then for Chantel, who's the biz, the biggest busybody of them all, she was like, "Okay, I gotta go. I have places places to go and people to see." I was like, "What's happening?" I was I don't know about y'all, but I was shocked. I was shocked by that. I just did not think it was gonna go that way. Way, but it did. Um. Chantel, you know, thinks River likes Megan more than she likes him, which is facts. And the only thing that Karen said was like, you know, we're a family, we're protective of each other. Um, and so we're in each other's business, like know that about our family. Megan even says, you know, they didn't seem really interested in getting to know me. Um, and it's true because even in the car back, car ride back, after they left, like after what? That scene was five minutes, you guys. They had milkshakes. It looked like they had a little bit of food. All the food was left on the table, and they were like, we're out of here. And in the car, the only thing that Karen said was, oh, she's pretty. And then River had to ask Chantel what she thought. And Chantel thought, you know, is this going to work out? Because, you know, it's long distance. And River's like, it's long distance? What are you talking about? She's four hours away. We're a family that has overseas relationships, which is facts all of them. So four hours is not like, you know, an 18 hour flight where you're flying to the Philippines, it's four hours away. So I don't think that that's going to be the issue. Um, and I just thought it was weird that that's all they had to say. Like they, they didn't even have anything to say outside of Megan. It was weird. I don't know. But I think that whoever said it, I, I agree. I think they realize that this is not going anywhere. So they're not going to invest their time or energy in it because they're not buying that this is a thing. And I agree, especially when she said, you know, we're in different places in our lives. Why are we wasting time then? 
really you're wasting his time and you're wasting your time. You're not in the, you're not in the same places in your life. Where was 24 now? She's 29 now. It could work. I mean, look at Jenny and Smith. They're like a hundred years apart and they made it work. So age is not what it is. It's a matter of where you are in your life. And if you want to be on the same journey at the same time, <laughs> you guys, I just said that they were a hundred years apart. That is so rude. <laughs> okay. And I'm back. So then they go to the DR and they're going to go to the Campo to visit grandma's. Um, and Pedro just really wants to heal his family and he wants the fighting to stop and all of that. I know, Myra. I'm sorry. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm just, I'm a mess. Sometimes some things come out of my mouth that should have been a thought, but they fly out of my mouth before I kept them. And that was one of those, those, those times. One of the times, you guys, can, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a crazy story. So, side note. Um, of this job consulting, it's a couple of consultants, and there's one girl who she we were like friends, but she was more like a friend of me. Do you know what I mean? Like she was super nice to me, but I knew that she didn't really like me. But we were had to work together day in day out, and we were consulting together, so like we just there's no way we could not get away from each other. Anyways, one day we had this class that we were teaching. Class was over. We we're cleaning up. And she was asking me a question uh, about something. And then she kept asking me, right? And I kept saying the same thing. And it was irritating me. Now, in my, my head, you guys, in my head, I was like, this bitch. But guess what? Just like what just happened earlier, it flew out of my mouth. And she turned to me and said, did you just call me a bitch? And I started laughing. And I was like, was that out loud? <laughs> She said, yes, yes, it was. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But then we both started laughing because you know what I mean? That's, you don't do that on the workplace. However, that did happen. So <clears throat> back to the drive to Campo to go see Grandmama. Oh, Linda. Oh, Linda, 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 Linda. Uh, so we're going, we're on route to Campo to grandma. Let me get my thoughts together. And Pedro's driving and <laughs> he's trying to have a conversation with Nicole. Like, Hey, Nicole, you feeling better today? Or are we on good terms? He's trying to make up with her. And she's like, just leave me alone. And so then instead of talking to Nicole, he's going to try to have a conversation with Lydia. So Pedro's like, you know, you never told me anything about my dad. So I'm going to ask grandma when we get there. And then Nicole says, oh, mom plays the dumb about that topic. And Lydia's like, well, what's there to talk about? Well, there's a whole other family to talk about that we got dumped he was never there for us. No holidays, no sports, no graduation, nothing. And, you know, we are considered these bastard children. And Lydia's like, bastards don't have a last name. And then that totally 
upset Nicole because she's like, Lydia's like, you guys should be grateful that at least you have a last name and at least you were born. And she and Nicole went crazy. She's like, oh my God. So I have a I have a last name. Bravo. That's awesome. Who cares? Right? Now, this was the first point, in my opinion, where Lydia was on the defense. And I think that she should have just sat and listened to her children. Because even though Nicole was going crazy in the back, back, getting super upset by what her mom was saying, you could tell that that was coming from a place of pain. And Lydia, to me in that moment, was being 100% selfish and thinking only about herself and not thinking about her kids and their need emotional needs. Okay. So then she's like, be grateful. At least you were born. And then Pedro's like grateful for nothing for what, for the trauma that we had for that childhood that we had. And for the fact that there was never food, there were times that you didn't eat and we had to share one plate of food. We should be thankful for all of that. <clears throat> And Lydia's like, well, you know what? He told me that he was single. And then, you know, I had you, I had Pedro. And then he told me that he had three other kids and that he was separated. Then months later, he's like, oh, I went back to my wife. And they're like, but then you still decided to have another child. And she's like, yeah, because I didn't want to have two baby daddies. So yeah, I had another kid. And she didn't feel bad about it. And then Pedro's like, well, what you're saying right now, something doesn't add up. And Lydia's like, stop bothering me. Again, diminishing the fact that these two are asking you questions and serious questions about who they fundamentally are as people. And you're saying that they're bothering you and to stop bothering you. Like, who? why would you do that? Do you know how much trauma that they're holding inside? And if you want to think about the relationships that are going on, let's think about the relationship that Nicole's in. Nicole's in a relationship with someone that is emotionally unavailable and is already married because guess what? Look at who her role models were. Her role models are women that have not opened up about many things and have accepted the fact that it's not necessary to be 100% in with someone that they can, they can have the scraps and they should be grateful to have the scraps. And then look at Pedro who is now in a healthy relationship, but look at all the drama that he had to go through. And now he's trying to find out who he is as a man. And he's trying to have values and morals and beliefs and standards as he grows older and wants to have his own family. And you're dismissing it. You're dismissing it. This man wants to know who his dad is because guess what? He's at an age where he probably wants to start thinking about children and he doesn't know anything about his own father. He doesn't know anything about half brothers and cousins all on his dad's side. And here you are the mother sitting right beside them and you don't want to give them any answers and you want to say, stop bothering me. Selfish, you guys. Selfish. Lydia goes on to say that they need to accept life as it is. She sees no issues here. She feels like she's done nothing wrong. Bad times come for everyone and everyone has to go through them. They are what they are and you go through them and it is what it is. Again, minimizing what Nicole and Pedro are trying to explain to her. 
See, Cruz says she was minimizing their pain. She never dealt with her own trauma, but she was cold. And Raydella says Lydia was heartless. And Patty's like, thumbs down. Yeah, she was heartless. Like, it, may, it was hard to watch. It's very, very sad. So Lydia goes on to say, you know what? It is what it is. And even if we didn't have, no one is responsible for the mistakes of others. Meaning she's not responsible for any of it. She doesn't, she basically is saying, I don't give a rat's ass how you guys feel, what you guys think. I'm not responsible for it. And it is what it is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you're trying to get a few answers and this is what you're being told? It is what it is. Life throws you lemons, make lemonade. There's no issue here. I've done nothing wrong. I'm not culpable. I'm not responsible. It is what it is. Meanwhile, your Nicole starts crying in the back. Okay? Pedro's like, I I'm not going to say anything else. And you can see how sad he is and the pain that was he's carrying in his face. And the trauma, because guess what? They had no dad. They don't know who their dad is. Nicole said, I don't even know when his birthday is. So you can imagine all the birthdays that she probably was growing up. And you know what? As kids, kids can be ruthless. Like you think about like uh, daddy daughter dances. You think about on the playground, dad's coming to pick you up and kids are like, where's your, and it's very innocent, but they're like, where's your dad? Where's your dad? And you don't have an answer for that because you don't even know who he is. It's traumatic. And then year after year after year after year that builds up and you finally are an adult and you're trying to get some answers and your mom's like, I don't see any issues here. Wow. So <clears throat> it's silent in the car. Lydia digs the knife in a little deeper by saying, oh, you two are emotional today. Lydia, what? So Pedro is like, he believes that his mom is suppressing a lot of her own issues and her own trauma, as well as she couldn't believe, he couldn't believe how cold she was being. Like, he just couldn't believe it. He feels like he's been bamboozled this whole time. He is now seeing his mom through a different lens. And it, that is also hurting his feelings because, you know, he kept his mom on a pedestal for so long and now he's seeing a completely different side of her. And I don't think he likes it. So um, they get to the house. There's greetings with uh, Grandma Inalda. And his cousins are there. An aunt is there. And they're eating. The food looked delicious, by the way. The chicken soup and avocado. Yum. Aunt asks Nicole about her boyfriend. And that just sets off this whole next chain of events. So... How's the boyfriend, Alejandro? He's good. And then the mom, and then the mom's like, he's not good. And then the aunt's like, well, is he a good man? Lydia's like, no, he's married. And then Nicole's like, well, was our dad single? And then Lydia's like, well, that doesn't matter. And it just was like a shitstorm from there. So they try to bring grandma in, into it. Grandma immediately like, I, I want to stay out of it. 
and Pedro's not allowing her to stay out of it. He's like, okay, okay, but what if this guy has a wife, a girlfriend, and is flirting with other people? Is that okay? And Rama's like, love is crazy. Makes you drunk and you fall in love with anyone. And she, while she's saying that, she's saying it mad. Like, to her, it's not a big deal. Love is love to her. Whoever you love, it's going to make you crazy. You're going to make crazy decisions. You're going to do whatever it is that you want to do because you love that person, which is not the answer that Pedro was expecting at all. Um, And so Pedro was like, well, what if this guy, Alejandro, is like a terrible guy? And grandma's like, you know what? If we don't like him and she likes him, then that's it. There's nothing much more we can do, which... It's true, right? It's true. Like, people are going to be who, with who they want to be with, I suppose. Um, but then it gets dirty because Pedro can't understand that. He's like, no, this guy is no good. He's married. Now he's got a girlfriend. He's talking to other women online. And then he turns and calls Nicole a slut and says that she'll just have sex with anyone. And then says she should be ashamed. Now, Grandma... So Nicole freaks out. Can't believe that Pedro said that. He's crossing a line. He's being disrespectful. And then, like, there's some chair throwing back and forth. Grandma's slamming the table saying, stop it, stop it. You guys should are acting shameful for fighting in front of Grandma. Which is true because if you guys remember last season, she was not well. And they visited her and she was not well. And so, like, like let's not bring Grandma's abuelas blood pressure up like let's just be chill right so nicole feels disrespected and um pedro's like you know okay i'm gonna leave nicole alone for a minute i'm gonna go back to grandma and i'm gonna ask about how lydia his mom met pedro senior senior so grandma says that apparently Lydia was walking home from school. Pedro Sr. just happened to be in the area. He saw her and boom, instantly fell in love with her. And then he would come and visit with gifts and packages. And Pedro's like, so you were a gold digger? And Lydia's like, yeah, if we needed something, he would get it. And grandma's like, yeah, he said, don't ever worry for anything. Anything you need, I would provide. I'll provide it. I will provide it for you. And Pedro's like, "Well, what did you do when you found out he was married?" And Grandma's like, "Well, at that point, there was nothing left to do." And this, to me, you guys, was a huge turning point. And it's a huge turning point because it says a lot about where they are. So, <clears throat> it's okay for the person to be married, as long as they're financially providing for you, then that's okay. It's huge, right? And we'll get to it as well, but it's huge because Mama Karen called it from day one. Chantel called it because Mama Karen called it saying that your family are users and they're using us for the American dollar. Do you remember that, you guys? Turns out Mama Karen was was right. And all the flack that Mama Karen was getting because she was saying um, how, you know, they're using her for the American dollar. Well, 
I got to tell you that there's a lot going on here. There's so many layers to this. So Mama Karen was not far off on that. The other thing that is important for us to all remember as well, you guys, is the fact that in all of this, Pedro was considered, you know, the male of the house in Lydia's mind. And Lydia still thinks that way. And that's why when Pedro is abroad in America, he's expected to send money and take care of his mother. And she thinks that, that that's okay. Now, if you look at the whole grand scheme of things on why Lydia decided to have children and having a male first and then a, a, not only in Latin cultures and African cultures and many cultures of like that, like having the, a boy, that boy has to then take care of everything when the family is older. And especially when the mom is older, it's expected. And then especially if the mom is a single mother, right? And so that is a whole lot of pressure on one person. And so you wonder why Pedro is questioning who he is and who his mom is in all of this. It's a lot of pressure because the mom thinks, hey, you know what? As long as you are a man and you give me money, it's good. And it doesn't matter who the man is. You can be my son. You can be my lover. You can be, you know, my adulterous affair. It doesn't matter as long as you're providing for me. And what does that say about her? And what does that say about the man that she is ra has raised? who's trying to do it a different way, who's trying to, to literally break generational curses. Because we find out that grandfather, meaning grandma and grandpa, that's the same, they had the same situation. Great-grandfather, same situation. Lydia, same situation. Auntie, same situation. And now Nicole is getting into the same situation where you're going to be with a married man. You're going to have kids and it should be okay as long as the man is providing financially. It's terrible. So that's what they said. Grandfather is like that. Great-grandfather is like that. You're all like that. And Lydia's like, so what? It's a cycle. So what? It's a cycle. Lydia, What? It's not so what, it's what, let's deal with this. Let's deal with the trauma. Let's break the cycle. Let's break the generational curse of terrible behavior, inappropriate behavior, because you're not only hurting your own family and your own children, guess what? There is a spouse out there that is equally as hurt because she also has to deal with all of this that she didn't ask for. So then Lydia goes on to say, what's the problem? And he's like, Pedro's like, the problem is that you you guys look for married men. You look for married men. That's a problem. problem. And then Lydia's like, well, if that's the opportunity, what can you do? Dominican culture is like that, she says. And she's like, you know, a man is not loyal to just one woman. And then his aunt asks, you know, Pedro, are you, are you loyal? Yes, he is loyal to one woman, he says. I'm trying to have um, values. I'm trying to, to live my life as a proper man, he's, he says. 
And he's like brokenhearted. He feels bullied by them. He walks away. He's like, you know, and he starts crying. He's like, I'm just trying to be a good man. What happened to like fighting for the love of your life and fighting for love and loving one person and honoring that person and cherishing that person? He's like, what happened to that? What happened to values? He's He literally said, I don't know who I am. Because he's looking at his family like, how did I come from these people when I'm trying to be a different type of way and they're literally bullying me and making fun of me and trying to encourage him. Can you imagine they're trying to encourage him to be a cheater and laughing at him that he's not? What kind of upside down crazy world are we living in, you guys? Like seriously, and, and it's not, I wanna stress that it's not only the Dominican culture, it is culture in general. I think Crystal, I was having this conversation with Crystal about how even in today's terms, if you think about it, people aren't like, you know, how's your wife or how's your husband? How's your spouse? How's your partner? They're like, how's your baby mama? How many baby mamas do you have? And many people have multiple baby mamas. Many people have multiple baby daddies and it's just like, oh, it is what it is. Like, how did we get there? And how is that the okay thing to do? How is that the in thing to do? Because again, you're free to make your own decisions, obviously. But I think that as a whole, as a society, as a community, we have to think about what it does to our children. And the effects that it has on the children, because guess what? There will always be a day that the child will ask for the other parent because they want to know who they are, where they're from, how did they get here? What qualities and traits are they getting from from this person that they've never met? So there are consequences to this like whole laissez-faire, just whatever, I'm gonna have babies by whoever and it doesn't matter. It does matter because guess who it matters to the most? Those babies when they grow up and they have questions. So Pedro's brokenhearted, he's crying, he doesn't know who he is and I just felt for him, you guys. I felt for him because he's not the only person that's in that situation where you wanna know and be accepted by a parent and you don't know who the parent is. and you have questions and your questions are not being answered. It really, it breaks people and it creates trauma and trauma is real, you guys. And trauma can show up in different ways, right? So it can it can show up physically in your body. It can show up emotionally in how you treat people and not just in romantic relationships in, in how you treat people in general. It's, it's, that's why, you know, starting to have the conversations about mental health and it being, it should be something that we all talk about freely because you know what, you don't know what trauma people are carrying. And oftentimes here it is and it's deep rooted and it's, it's, somewhere in the family and that person's trying to talk about it while someone else is trying to minimize it. It's crazy. Anyway, something to think about. Um, then we go back to Atlanta 
And this just blew me out of the water, you guys. Blew me out of the water. So last week, John Winter were engaged, had the whole escape room engagement, which you, you guys already know how I felt about it. And then this week, they had a huge fight. Winter uh, was asked to leave by Jaw, leave the house, take all her stuff, pack it all her shit up and go. So Thomas and River went to pick her up and all her stuff. And she's heartbroken because remember, she's been with this guy for seven years and she's young, right? So a lot of how she's developed has been with this man, right? So it's, it's shaped who she is as a person, which I really think is important also to, to, to remember. So she, they break up. She was embarrassed. She didn't even know she wanted to come back to the house. So she like sitting in her car with all her stuff, not knowing what to do. Um, because you know, it would be embarrassing last week. I'm telling you I'm engaged this week. He's my fiance air quotes is kicking me out of the house. Um, and she's just really upset because the time and energy she's put into relationship, the things that she's put up with and how she's tried to always just make it a happy situation. You know, last season we found out that there was a whole kid that jaw was keeping from her for their entire relationship. She's raised his daughter and he's trying to use that against her as well. And then to top it all off, he asked her how she would feel about if she had a daughter and she, the daughter was in a polygamous relationship, which is a super passive aggressive way to ask her, you know, if I wanted to be in a polyamorous relationship, an open relationship, like what would you feel about that? Can you imagine you've been with this guy committed to this guy for seven years? And all of a sudden he's trying to tell you as soon as he's proposed to you that, Oh, by the way, I might want to have like another wife. Um, preposterous, preposterous. So then he's like, you know what? They fight a little bit more. She didn't like how we was talking to him. He's like, you're not bound here. You can leave. And so that's what she did. We also find out that there's a lot of, uh, sexism going on in the relationship and talking about because they're, they're not married, right? And I, I'm not having that conversation because, you know, there is a dynamic in marriage and all of that stuff and biblical and I totally get it and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he wanted her in this moment playing house, playing husband and wife to be the submissive. He wants to talk about what the women's duties are and her role in the relationship and the roles that she should be taking in the relationship. And all of that, right? So trying to control her. And even Rivers, like, you know, only weak men talk about roles all the time because they are trying to control you, which I absolutely agree with, especially if that's only your boyfriend and that's not even your husband. Like, let's cut that out immediately. That's why I would say it's important you guys to have those conversations. Don't be seven years deep in, all of a sudden engaged, and you're now just having those conversations. Those are conversations you had in year one so that you're not in this place, in this position where this dude thinks he can switch it up because he's molded you and he's molded your feelings, he's molded your emotions to make it feel that you are less than. No. No. So they ask her if she's finally done with Josh. She says yes. And 
you know, even Thomas is like, you know, we we were trying to keep an open mind with Ja, but there are things that raise alarms for us. And so we're happy that she's finally done. And the part that got me, y'all, the part that got me, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but the part where he wants to be called Lord, King, Lord. What? I'm going to tell you a true story. A true story. This happened, oh, years ago now. So uh, I was doing an event uh, in New York City at that job. Same job, by the way, you guys. Uh, but we were in New York this time and now in Vegas. And it was a huge event huge, huge. And I was backstage with, <laughs> I just got this pain in my chest out of nowhere, because I'm about to tell you that this is, it's like full circle. So I'm backstage. I'm losing my words here. So give me one second to tell you this story. Cause I just gotta look real quick. Okay, so backstage, it's a bunch of speakers, different like high profile speakers, like Anderson Cooper was there, a um, bunch of people. So Maya Angelou was one of the speakers this is before she passed, rest in peace, she's amazing. So uh, I was helping her from the green room to the stage and she was sitting and I went to kneel down to talk to her, like so that we can be eye to eye. And she grabbed my hand and I'll never forget this. She said, uh, you should never kneel to anyone or for anyone because no one is above you and no one should think that you are below them. Everyone is equal. The only person that you should ever kneel to is the Lord God, our savior. And she grabbed my hand and she like, helped me stand up again. And we had an amazing conversation. There was more said, but the gist of that whole story is back to Jaw saying, call me Lord. No person, man, woman, child is your Lord. Whatever you believe or don't believe, that's on you. I believe in God, but there's no one that is greater than God. And even if you're a non-believer, there's no one that's better than you. Okay, we are all... 100% equal in this world. And so don't ever let anyone in a relationship or otherwise make you think that because it's not true. And so you should not ever bow down to someone for no reason. It makes no sense. And you have to think about why does that person want you to bow down to them and call them Lord? That's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. So Back to the Dominican Republic. Pedro's still pissed off at his mom. She thinks that she can make things better by making breakfast. He's like, I don't eat breakfast. Okay, Pedro, calm down. Uh, but he's just really feeling frustrated with his mom. And uh, he's like, he feels like his mother doesn't care about his feelings. And, you know, he's now even questioned whether 
hating his dad is something that he should do. Like maybe there's no reason to hate the dad because maybe the dad hasn't done anything wrong. Maybe this whole time it's his mom who's been lying to him his whole life. He doesn't know. He's very confused and he's very frustrated. Lydia, again, doesn't think that there's anything wrong. And he's like, well, how can you not think that there's anything wrong? Do you have no values? He's like, Nicole has learned from you. You learn from grandma. And that's why she's with Alejandro because there are no values placed here. Um, and then here's the thing that's the kicker, you guys. He's like, if Alejandro had money, would it be acceptable? And would he be accepted? Would you accept Alejandro if he had money? And Lydia says yet. Mind blown, right? So he calls her selfish. Um, she's like, you know, you need to let it go. You need to have respect for your mother because I am your mother. Here I am making breakfast for you. I'm your mother. And he, his mind is blown because he's now seen his mother in a new light, right? For being a gold digger, being a user. So this person's not good enough for you, but if they have money, then they're good enough for you because they're going to give you that money. And oh, by the way, back to what I was saying, that Pedro even has to give her money. So in her mindset, anyone that's giving her money, then they're okay. Doesn't matter how they treat you. Doesn't matter what they do. As long as they're financially providing or providing gifts, things, then she's cool with you. Mind blown. Okay. Mind blown. Calls her selfish. Um, she's like, let it go. And he's like, you know, so you marry someone and then you take advantage of them. Is that, is that what you're saying this family does? Because that's what it looks like everyone has done. They've, they've married that person or they've been with this person or they've cheated with this person and then they've taken advantage. Is, th is that what we're doing here? He's asking. And then the producer asks about Chantel's family. And then, you know, from day one, Chantel's family said that he and they were using him and there was usury. What did he think? And you could see that his heart broke. And he's like, maybe that's true. Maybe I am a user. Because now he's confused on who he is. And again, I have to tell you that back then, everyone hated Mama Karen. But she called it and fast forward to season three and all these things that Mama Karen was saying were true. She saw it from afar. It's terrible. So Pedro's all sad. There's so many like layers to this that I'm just scratching the surface of what they touched upon. Um, but we head over to Atlanta. Chantel has come over to the house. Uh, because she heard that Winter and Job broke up. And this is where she tells Chantel about him wanting her to be submissive, to call him Lord, and to be obedient. And he's referencing the Bible to her and saying, just like Sarah called Abraham Lord, that Winter should call him Lord. And Winter's like, you know, we weren't even married yet. He wasn't doing the things. Uh, equal to being a good man nor being a good husband. So he didn't deserve to be called Lord or um, what he wanted to be called or King. So she tells Chantal that, you know, she realized that she didn't deserve 
this treatment. And so she's done and she left. And Chantel just really wants to help her heal and help her meet other people and realize that she doesn't need to be talked to any type of way and that she deserves much better. And all of a sudden, Josh shows up at the house. He texts Winter and Winter starts crying because you got to also remember she's really young and she spent seven years with this guy. And in that seven years, he's molded her to be the type of person he wants. And a lot of that has to have, a lot of that has to do with control. And if you think about it, she had like a lot of that makes sense to me right now, you know, distancing her from her family and she is taking up his lifestyle. She is being silent. Remember I talked about how, why is she always silent against her family and not sticking up for job, but maybe there's something going on behind closed doors that we don't talk about. And I dare even say like, even self-esteem issues, you guys, and, and how she sees herself. I think that's all a part of it. Because if you look at her present day, she looks totally different. Now that she's left him, she looks totally, totally different. So I do think that the, that that grooming and molding affected her emotionally as well. So she starts crying. Um, she doesn't want to have a bad situation with her family, she says. And she's scared because she's emotional. She's a fragile state. She's been with this guy for so many years and she's trying to like walk away and anyone that's been through a breakup after a long-term relationship knows that it's a hard place to be in right because you're so used to being with this person and all of a sudden you're not with that person there's a definite healing that has to go on <laughs> crystal said side note river and thomas maybe want to have a robe crystal do you remember and ray Della, do you guys remember when river was on our show and he was in a robe and the robe it was the same robe he was wearing that says river that same like burgundy robe was the same robe do you remember we talked about that that's funny and i said the same thing when he was on our show i was like oh that's making me want to have a robe too um so john wants to talk to winter he wants her to come out he's sitting in the car wants to have a face-to-face -face. and i thought this was great that all her family surrounded her he she put him on speakerphone and was like what you kicked me out of the house you told me that you're now looking for a new wife you said that you know i should take all my stuff i should get my car off the insurance and the list goes on and so what and he's like oh you know i just want closure she's like this is your closure i'm not coming out there I'm done with this. I'm not going backward. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to end the relationship. Just come out. And she's like, no, click. She hangs up the phone and then she starts crying. And River's like, you know, he just wants his nanny back, which is true because you know what? All the things that she did for him, all those things are not going to be available to him anymore. And he's now starting to realize that. And it's a little too late. Um, what are you guys saying in the live chat here? Uh, Faith is like, Lydia is trash. And Wadella said, it was heartwarming to see Chantel support her sister. And Patty said, horrible mentality. Can a sex offender be with Nicole if he had some coin? That's terrible. Uh, and Vivian, hey, Vivian. Vivian said, Pedro is hurting. Yeah, you guys. 
it was it was there were a lot of layers absolutely a lot of layers uh to this episode but both episodes i thought were fantastic i thought they were engaging and totally different than um you know some of the other spinoffs that we've been watching they're really getting to some of the issues and i just think that they're hitting a stride and hitting issues that are even important to us and having us have the discussions that we're having like today. So I love it. I love it. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much. It was a great show. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up, uh, support the show as I keep saying, and I'll see you guys all tomorrow for the single life that we're also catching up on and uh, love you guys. Here's my heart. I don't know how to do them, but you know what I mean? Bye. See you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place.